The following talk was given by Bear Gokhan Bonabakar at Zen Mountain Monastery. Gokhan is a senior monastic at the monastery, where he serves as director of operations. He also oversees the monastery's burgeoning fruit orchard and helps run the National Buddhist Prison Sangha. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. I'd like to talk this morning about patience. Patience is one of the paramitas. Paramitas, often translated as perfection. So the perfection of patience, practicing patience. Paramitas also translated, understood as crossing over, crossing over to the other shore, from the shore of anger, depression, despair, suffering, to the shore of peace, freedom, passing over the turbulence of samsara, the floods of emotion, reactivity. One teacher, Reb Anderson, translates paramita as heroic practice, the heroic practices of the bodhisattva. Because true practice takes courage. The other paramitas are giving or generosity, ethical conduct, the precepts, patience is the third, effort, concentration, meditation, and wisdom. And there's some other versions of paramitas. There's a Theravadan version that I was looking at where there are 10 paramitas, and they're a little bit different. But the paramitas are central to Mahayana practice, to bodhisattva practice. I asked Shugan about the paramitas once, and he says, you can't be a bodhisattva without the paramitas. And particularly the first four paramitas, they really point to ways of practice, not only on the cushion, but off the cushion. We talk about practicing off the cushion, the importance of that, but then how do we do that in a way that is transformative, in a way that is really encountering directly? turning, so we can appreciate how the paramitas are helping us with that, pointing to that. We were in a meeting recently and Sean said, it took me a long time to realize that the paramitas were for me. I appreciated that. They are for all of us, wherever we are in practice. And I've been wanting to kind of turn some of my attention to the paramitas, been sort of looking for them in my study. There's not a whole lot of instruction in the paramitas in 
the sutras, the references to the paramitas, the importance of the paramitas. And as I was working on this talk, I realized I circle around to this topic. I must need it. And I appreciate it. This patience paramita. And what I was particularly appreciating was all that patience shows us when we practice patience. How much of the sort of whole of, the, of practice, of the teachings that practice, that patience shows us. So patience, the Sanskrit is kashanti. And usually this is translated as patience, but often as forbearance. Thich Nhat Hanh translates patience or kshanti as inclusiveness and pushes a little bit against the, just the bearing with, suggesting it's really, it's just making ourselves larger more inclusive. It is said that the Buddha overcame Mara through practicing patience. Mara is the personification of our delusion. Mara wants us to stay deluded, distracted. Shantideva, the Indian master, said there's no austerity to to be compared with patience. And Ajahn Suchita was a contemporary Theravadan teacher. He says the austerity is of holding the heart still in the presence of suffering. Holding the heart still in the presence of suffering until it lets go of the way in which it creates suffering. He says, this is how we purify and change habits. And so one of the things that working with patients points to, shows us, is how we create suffering. Shantideva, who does offer teachings on the paramitas, at the beginning of, towards the beginning of his chapter on patience, he says, getting what I do not want and all that hinders my desire, there my mind finds fuel for misery. Not getting what we want, getting what we don't want. It's very simple. And so much, kind of it all begins here. The source of suffering, dissatisfaction, anxiety. And sometimes this is obvious. We arrive at the lunch line and what we were really looking forward to, there's nothing left. We're disappointed, it hurts. Someone says something that hurts our feelings, criticizes us. It's kind of obvious sometimes. And a lot of times it's very subtle. 
more subtle. But if we pay attention, each time that there is some irritation, discomfort, you can see there's a reaction. We don't want to feel that discomfort. And so we react, we have resistance. We might notice it just as a sensation in the body. I notice how my throat gets a little tight. I get a little tickle. Sometimes I get a little cough. I know that. Okay, what's happening? There's, I'm, I'm, there's some discomfort. My shoulder tightens up. See the ways that we turn away. Irritation, anger is aversion. It's a way of pushing away, getting away, turning away. And much of the teaching around patience is around anger. All of its variations. But again, sometimes it's not so obvious. So to see when our expectations are not met, when we're wanting to control, wanting things to be different than they are. And then the ways, the subtle ways that we turn away. Or not so subtle ways. Sometimes I realize I am literally turning away. Right? I can, I'm like my, with my body. Right? And I try and notice that and stay a little longer, stay where I am. Well, we change the subject, we go to sleep, we get busy, we turn to various forms of distraction, we dissociate, right? leave in that way, kind of let things just get fuzzy. Ajahn Suchita says, to hold the heart still. And so to notice how we're turning away, to notice our reaction, feel the discomfort. These are the times it is in this, that practice, in that place, that practice happens, practice of patience. All these places where we're not patient, We're not open, we're not spacious, we're getting tight. When we're getting caught in the flood, flooded by irritation, flooded with emotion, reaction. So he says, don't turn away from that. Stay there. Stay there. Feel what you're feeling. The paramita reminds us that simply conditions are like this. What's happening right now? Conditions are like this. This is just how it is right now, this moment. Shanti Deva says, if there's something that you can change about them, the conditions, this moment, then maybe you should. And if there's not, then why get upset about it? Conditions are like this. It's hot in the zendo. 
with our robes on. The person next to us is breathing too loudly. The fans are too loud. Conditions are like this. Where is the suffering? Where is the problem? And so there is patience as forbearance, as just bearing of staying there, not moving, not reacting. Shanti Davis just says to be like a piece of wood. Don't move. It was reminding me, I used to, in a former life, be a school teacher. And in my teacher training, there was one of the professors who was a long time, was a veteran teacher. We're talking about um, you know, working with um, students in the classroom, sort of classroom management. And she talked about not picking up the rope. She said, you know, the students, it's like they're throwing out a rope, they're trying to get you to react, and they want to play tug-of-war. She said, don't pick up the rope. Don't tug on your side. You don't have to react. It's like our own, we're doing that for ourselves. We're putting out both sides of the rope, and we're pulling on both sides. So what happens when we don't pick up the rope, when we don't move away? I was thinking this is one of the, one of the gifts of practicing in this container, monastic practice, which we all do when we're here. The things that are just set, This is what's for lunch. This is when we get up in the morning. This is how you ring the bell. You're on lunch crew this week. And the conditions are like this. The conditions are like this. And they don't change much day to day, week to week, year to year. And so we get to see our own reactions over and over again. I get to see my complaining mind and to see what that creates, to see how that feels, to see how I'm creating suffering. And you know, I think the monastery just like makes that kind of simpler and more obvious, but life is pretty repetitive. Think about the things that you get irritated with. Aren't they kind of the same things over and over again? So you get to study that. You get to see that. Stay there. What's actually happening? So this is where I think Thich Nhat Hanh's teaching on inclusivity is helpful. making ourselves larger, more spacious. So when I feel the tightening in my body, I can release that. I can loosen that. When I feel myself reacting, I can loosen that.
and then react not from the heat, but you know, from a more kind of cool, calm. And as we practice, we learn that we can practice. We learn that we can loosen. I learn that I can not react. And when I do get flooded, so earlier this week I was calling the credit card company and not getting what I wanted and calling another line and not getting what I wanted. And it's like, like and, and, and feeling the flood, right? Irritate, it, it's like, I mean, I can call it irritation, but it's just like the f- flood is so, such a good description, filling my body-mind. And then walking from my office into the other part of the office and feeling how I was carrying that with me, how it must have been sort of like radiating off of me. And aware enough, I was aware enough, and I was working on a talk about patience. And I said, so what, what is inclusivity now? How do I open in this? I was also looking at how patience paramita can point us towards karma, karma as habit, how much we we react out of habit, live out of habit. And so again, in seeing all of the ways where we're not practicing patience, where we're not being patient, where we're reacting, to look there and see the habit. It's hard to see that it is habit hard to see where the choice is, where we're making a choice, because it, it happens so quickly, it can seem inevitable. A long time ago, I was in residence and um, in charge of the grounds, work supervisor, something like that, and there was a young resident who was doing a lot of work outside, and was constantly eating little candies and leaving the wrappers around. And so I would find them all over the grounds, which, of course, really irritated me. And I said something to him about it over the lunch table or something. So some other people heard me and heard my irritation. And the next day I opened my locker and there was a candy wrapper in my locker. And I could feel the flood, just the anger flash through my whole body. It was a real teaching because it was like, what just happened? And of course, later that day, one of the other residents said, hey, Gokhan, did you find something in your locker? A little glint in his eye. He knew exactly what he had done. Showing me something. So it's happened so fast, it seems to be inevitable. 
can feel like this is just how we are, how we react, who we are. But to really look there, it's not. It's habit. Can we see that? Seeing that, can we loosen that? Let go, not act out of habit. Do we want to do that? Do we want to let go and change the habit? I was looking at a book about patience by a Tibetan teacher, and he was saying that we all want patience, we all want peace, tranquility in our life. We just don't know how to get it. I think that's true. But I was also thinking that we don't really know what we want. Do we really know what we want? And that's what samsara is. We keep thinking we want the drama. We actually like being upset about things. That feels good in a way. Shantideva says, we shrink from suffering, but we love its causes. Pre-COVID, I used to work with a, and I hope too soon, go back to working with a group in a prison when I first started going into the prison, I, I talked a fair amount about anger because I, I felt like, well, this is, would be helpful. And talked about my own experience about anger, with anger and talked about how I was, felt like I was afraid of anger. I didn't like anger. I didn't like being angry. I didn't like anger in other people. Could see sort of the origins of that, my conditioning around anger. And hearing myself, I was new to giving talks in that way, hearing myself, hearing what I was saying, and then coming back to them sometime later and saying, you know, that's true, what I said about anger. And I'm realizing there's a way in which I'm seeing how often I'm irritated. And so there's a way in which I must be creating that myself. I must be choosing that. If hearing myself helped me to see that, how I was perpetuating that. And see how how I was choosing that, how we like that. Winning and losing and complaining and comparing. We like the feeling of desire, of agitation and busyness and worry, because they're familiar. They may make us feel alive. And patience and equanimity aren't always so exciting, aren't so exciting. And so, this is why we study suffering. Shantideva talks about of cultivating aversion to samsara, disgust with samsara, which is strong, that's a strong word. but to be always looking 
seeing how we're becoming accepting of samsara, becoming accepting of our reactivity, accepting of our habits, that are actually causing suffering and accepting that. His strong language is to keep us alive, to help us stay alive in our practice. So Ajahn Suchito again, he says, neediness and despair, samsara, aren't reliable, so be patient. And focus on how patience feels, how it is, and value it. And so getting to know patience, how it feels, how does it feel in our body-mind when we make ourselves more spacious, when we don't react? Appreciate that. Make that our habit. Can we do that? Can learn to choose patience. I've been looking at how off of the cushion, as well as on the cushion, I can choose clarity of mind. As we learn to let go, to let our minds be still, we see, well, we can choose that. To see what it is that I pick up over and over again, to see how dry and stale it actually is. It's like trying to wring out a little bit more pleasure from it. Is that where I want to live? And something similar in choosing patience. I've been trying to do that to see, what if I don't react? How does that feel? Can I choose that? And then realizing that I can do that, realizing, uh uh-oh. I'm responsible. I can choose that. And there's a way in which practicing patience shows us how we construct reality, shows us, gives us a way to look into the nature of reality, the nature of things. We need some thing, some solid thing, to get upset about. So we create that. Can we see that? I was reading another teacher recently who points out that there's always a narrative that goes along with irritation. Because we have to do some work to keep it going, to keep that thing that we're getting irritated with in front of us, to keep it alive.
So again, if we're creating that, we can let it go. We can not create it. We can make another choice. Shantideva's teachings about patience, he, and working with anger, he talks about, he's an example, he says, you know, when someone's hitting you with a stick, well, it's the stick that's causing you pain. Why do you get angry at the person? Seems a little crazy. It's like, that's hard to take that in. And he says, well, even if it's the person, they're just acting out of causes and conditions, their habit. habit. So why don't you get angry at their anger? And it's hard to take that in, but he's saying, look, what's actually, what are you actually getting upset about? What are we creating? He says, why be angry at others when they're only acting out of causes and conditions? As well be angry at the sky for having clouds. I try to use that and seeing in myself how my own cause, the causes and conditions that arise through me. When I'm irritated with someone, to see, well, what am I responding to? Am I getting irritated with their manner, with their irritation, with their anxiety? And so this paramita, the paramitas help us practice off the cushion. And of course, patience starts on the cushion or is just as important on the cushion. To learn patience in zazen, we have to. And to see closely in our zazen. to be patient with ourselves in zazen. The mind keeps running off again. Just bring it back, gently, firmly. If we get frustrated, it's just adding to the agitation. I think there was a whole period of years where I went into Shugan and Dokusan and said, I'm frustrated. And you just very patiently say, Well, that's only helpful if it's a motivation. Otherwise, you're just adding to the agitation. You don't have to add more. And it's not numbing, it's not ignoring, it's not not feeling. When Shantideva says, be like a piece of wood, he doesn't mean to be numb. He doesn't mean to deaden yourself. That's why 
I think that other, te- the other, the explanation of stand in the flood, sit in the sensations, feel. A long time ago, I hurt my eye, and I spent a whole night in the ER, and I was in pain. I was thrown up, and. And towards the end of the night, I, I realized that I had sort of like, um, kind of like turned into myself and was, was sort of like numbing the pain. And I realized that I had learned to do that in Zazen. I used to have a lot of pain in Zazen. And realizing that was kind of a like, uh-oh, wake-up call. We can learn to numb in zazen. We can cultivate that. It's really important that we're careful in how we practice because we are creating our life. We are cultivating our mind, our habit. Not pushing away not numbing or ignoring, and not proliferating, not fueling. So I'm going to end with a passage from Reb Anderson from his book on the Paramitas, which I've adapted a little bit. He says, the Paramitas invite us to train in order to become thoroughly and completely ourselves. We don't understand what it means to be fully ourselves. We do need training. When we're fully ourselves, we see that our lives are fragile and that we can be tender with our fragile lives. When we are tender, our lives do not become less fragile. Rather, through deep acceptance that life is fragile, the door to an appropriate response opens. The door to an appropriate response opens. This is the door to the activity of wisdom. Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about our ongoing programs and residency opportunities, visit ZMM.org.